1: Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanillo with Jim Cramer and David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Could this be the sixth straight down Friday in a row? Some uninspiring corporate results not helping the bulls pre-market along with this unrelenting climb in yield. Two-year, 4.62. Options expiration today. Dollar index near 114. Our roadmap begins with Snap and their struggles taking a big hit from online advertising. Shares are set to open at their lowest level in three years. Plus, as you just heard Carl mention, treasuries are
2: extending what is the longest slump since 1984, the 10-year yield hitting its highest level since November of 2007. And as for the economy, well, no slowdown yet. At least Amex customer spending is surging. But
1: then again, there's that loan loss provision, which is pressuring shares. Carl? Yeah. Let's begin with Snap today, tumbling, as you know, after the company posted the lowest uh, quarterly revenue growth since going public. Evan Spiegel did address that last night on the earnings call.
2: Our revenue grew 6% year-over-year year to $1.13 billion, and we generated adjusted EBITDA of $73 million and free cash flow of $18 million. We were focused on increasing our share of wallet as growth in the overall digital advertising segment slows by working to increase the return on advertising spend delivered by our direct response advertising platform, as we believe these are the most defensible advertising budgets in a challenged economic environment.
1: Jim, I know with Becky a moment ago, you called it a joke company. Uh, not so much a real company as a funny site. Funny That's site. way
3: too kind. Wow. It's not a business. It was a business. There were people who decided that capitalism could reign and that you could possibly do an advertising page like the one I'm looking at for ESPN Plus or for Casper, down with a bunch of jokes stuck that no one would ever look at, including any 18-year-old or 16-year-old. And it was something that, for an ephemeral moment, was thought to be uh, a way to be able to be in front of eyeballs of people who are trying to figure out Colgate versus Crest. What they didn't realize, what was really, was just a messaging system. It's like, it's like a bad WhatsApp. So I think the people who got behind this were fooled and thought that there was an ROI. And you can continue to try investing, invest it, but look at these pages. Will you look at the darn pages of what you're looking at? It's junk. Oh, here's a Casper ad admits a, 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 a terrific thing about cake it. How you make a cake. Uh, An inside Mills Billy great body. I mean, what is this?
2: I don't this know. This isn't a business. Well, people thought it was a business, and right, in fact, that's the point. Even, even a few weeks ago when they gave a mid-quarter update that was actually positive, Carl, this they thought oh, they things really, were doing oh, yeah. okay. They had a real good we handle We had on the a business.
1: code, and August had accelerated, and that, uh, Bernstein uh, yesterday was a head fake. They thought that this was going to be another one.
3: I'm going to be out there.
2: I've met Evan Spiegel. Incredibly nice. Oh, boy. There we go. Incredibly nice. He gets an incredibly nice. I thing. got a yeah, selfie with well, I remember, actually, when we met with him before the company went yeah, public. Again,
3: I mean, look, he did it. He tried. A lot of big companies tried to get involved, thought that they really had something. And what they didn't do, what they didn't do was look at the damn product. Had they looked at the product, I think they would say, wait a second. What is the ROI for Casper in this ad? And the answer is go to Amazon. Listen to Moeller. Listen to Moeller at Procter & Gamble. He's not putting, he's not advertising Tide.
2: The read through to Meta. No. <laughs> all right. I'm glad we dealt with that. OK, next to Carl. Oh, I mean, 10 if, million. If, Meta's, ad- if Meta screws up, Meta has, I'm not going to work that day. Meta has 10 million advertisers. So uh, as opposed to Snap, which doesn't have anything close oh, even well, just resembling I'm that the
3: Casper ad. Let's see. all that. Oh, look at that. You can I can get a bed. Are you kidding me? What is it? 18 year old? The 18-year-olds use it so that you can't see it if they're your your kids. That's a business. But everybody had to decide they could cash in.
1: They could cash in. The the irony this morning is that we actually got an ad agency, Interpublic, reporting, and they raised their organic revenue guide. And uh, on top of P&G's comments, do you think the ad thing is an excuse? I I, I
3: think what's consolidated here is that, that a lot of people have figured out there's a really good ROI with Google a really good ROI with Amazon, a questionable but maybe ROI with Instagram and Facebook, which are still growing, by the way. They are still growing. And this this snap growth, I'm going to put it in the pathetic category, not as much as I'm not doing a Pat Gelsinger Intel thing. He's the nicest guy on earth. But I am looking at, that was, David, that was true. Wait. Come on. All right. That was great. Yeah. But thank you. Nicest guy but on earth. I, uh, nice incredibly,
2: guy. Nice. So incredibly nice. So there's a competition. But there I'm just saying
3: them. that the thing that was lacking among Wall Street people was that they didn't know that no one wants to read Inside Millie Bobby Brown's Intense Workout. They
2: didn't want to know about satisfying well, I'm, sure. I'm not sure about that because there's another oh. platform called TikTok where they seem very happy to sure. look well, at and, well, and read about. all sorts inter- of but things. those are
3: entertaining. There is a, a tremendous entertaining part of Snap, but it was not what you could advertise against. You're not, I mean, look, if you can get a good TikTok and it can explode to two million views. Like I was doing one with Mezcal. the other did. My wife was doing a Mezcal one. And why not? I mean, they had eight million views the last time they did something. So, like, so you're writing this it? company
2: off entirely. You don't think that they can? I mean, because that's what I'm hearing. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you seem to be writing this company off, saying there's nothing they can do to, the, to oh, no, reverse so do what that. are going to be negative so comps. You should do that and
3: and, some clown buys it for nine bucks and then you say, "Wow, Kramer's an idiot." But the nine-dollar buyer's an idiot. Okay. Okay. Twenty-five years ago, I started a company. All right, it was called TheStreet.com. It was valued at like one billion the day it came public. I remember. And I was it well. screaming at everybody saying, "You son, how could you possibly let this happen?" We ended up selling the thing for two dollars and eighty-seven cents. Um, it was pathetic. I admit that it was pathetic. I made some money. Yeah, I mean, along the way, along the way, and uh, on the on the uh, buyout, I made. Money. What's
2: the point? The the point was I fought the buyout because I. Took no, no. What's the look? point in terms of why you're the, talking about this in relation point to is Snap?
3: That that's more of a business than this. TheStreet.com. Yes. Which- Absolutely. All right. It, was, it still exists. People want to advertise against it. They had quality content. And uh, it never advertising actually was okay. Well, because it had things to advertise against.
2: Carl, obviously the changes in iOS and what that has meant for the advertising uh, business overall and the ability to attract customers. And then the rise of TikTok, which we have talked about endlessly, uh, endlessly for years now. But I mean, <laughs> the amount of m- CapEx that. Bite dance can put into TikTok to continue to improve well played, that.: well It's incredible. then the and, and listen, if you've ever used TikTok and the AI and how it adjusts to you almost immediately in terms of what you want, it is really something. ROI: is And great. it is rare in our experience, I think, when we talk about a Chinese company representing a true competitive threat to one of our own, so to speak, U.S. You really companies. Think it's Chinese
3: the people running it.:
2: uh, Bite dance, yeah, I do. Yeah, the guy who runs ByteDance well, dances then, well, and, it, and okay. the A.I. comes okay, so out of we're there.
3: About, yes. We're worried about yes, Musk. Yes.
2: We're worried about Musk. We'll get to him and, in a minute.
3: No, But I'm just saying that we don't worry about ByteDance dance at all.
2: Oh, no, they that's a concern. A generation that of is, people whose brains. That is absolutely are, who, a concern. There's an and IQ I lower. I don't believe that we have heard the last of what the U.S. government's approach to TikTok is going to be. And ByteDance knows that. Okay. It's one reason why uh, most recently, you know, maybe $250 billion, maybe $300 billion value, when many think it could be far higher, right. but because of the threat from the U.S. government in terms of what will happen with TikTok. Well, they don't want to. They, they, you know, look, we're taking their a, our best
3: AI chips and not letting them have it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something, David. And It's a poll of one, all right? How much TikTok do you look at?
2: Uh, well, I only see it through my, uh, my 17-year-old daughter's uh, phone. I yeah. don't actually, I you should, don't, I don't. Because okay. I should simply as somebody who needs to follow it, but I don't have it on if my phone. If you have
3: a category that you're interested in, alcohol, it's it's Nirvana, a group that I like, by the way, including Pearl Jam. It is unbelievable how good it is. And you look at it, and it's like, how to make a drink. And you can't, it's like, yes!
1: Well, I and, am, and, I'm and, enthralled by it. And this morning, uh... Denying this Forbes report that they plan to use the app to monitor the personal location of specific American citizens. Do they want to know where we are?
2: Yeah, no, they won't do that. The Chinese military, the PLA, will only do it for our soldiers. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, yeah. okay. Then we're all right. Yeah, we're fine.
2: Yeah, don't worry. Seven
3: Fleet. They're monitoring Seven Fleets by that? Mm-hmm. Um, look, I am urging people to realize that if you look at uh, well, I happen to have some ads here as preparation for the show. If you look at the ads against the the moronic content that Snap has, I think you. I'm sorry. I think you'd say, well, this was just something that was perpetrated by capitalists who thought that they could fool everybody, and they even fooled advertisers. If you look at TikTok, I am telling you, it is. I get TikTok's videos probably six or seven times a day. Do you know every everyone on
1: my like? Everyone. Uh, Let's get to the broader market. Major indices on track for a positive week. Amex not helping matters today. Shares down despite a quarterly beat. They raised the guide amid this surge in spending on travel. But as David mentioned, the the provisions, Jim, almost 800 million. Street was more looking for 573. But the growth is so far ahead that they had to do the
3: provisions.
1: I mean, I, I think
3: that when you look at the growth of loans versus, say, a city, versus J.P. Morgan,
2: versus Bank of America, they have to take the provision up. The growth here is extraordinary. Well, then what, what, why is right why is now, the stock down? Because yeah. people, why thought, is there such a focus then what? on this increased provision as opposed to what, to your point, the metrics that are all very positive in terms of spending? I think it's because the people who are selling it are stupid. What do you want me to say?
3: <laughs> have they done any work on it? I've been working on this thing for a full hour, and I don't get the negativity versus the, versus the banks. I see tremendous growth of Gen X, tremendous growth of Millennial. There is incredible overseas. I think the provision is not nearly as bad as people realize because they haven't looked at the actual banks. The card member loan metrics are just absolutely astounding. But people want to sell it. And you know what? Go ahead. Go ahead. I think Steve Square is going to have another side of the story. Do
1: you think credit cracks? But is this
3: limited to autos or? Autos are just horrible. And that's why Ally, I'm very worried about it. I think Carvana. David Carvana needs that ABS market. Good luck with that.
1: So you think, and and Whirlpool last night, big tickets. Well, you know, when you read Whirlpool, I mean, Whirlpool's
3: got the worst of all possible. While at the same time, input costs, which you would expect to come down in a recessionary environment, are still elevated. And yet the sales were bad. That's something that J.B. Hunt said, too. So you have to watch these companies that their input costs have not.
2: No. What? What What are you pausing for? What's wrong? I, I thought you weren't buying my rep. No, no, no. I was looking at the stock and thinking it's down forty-six well, percent. How many charts do we put up where we see a stock that's already been cut almost in half? Every this chart year? that has this problem
3: where their costs are up and, there's, and their revenues are down. Right. That's what you're seeing. I mean, unless um, you and got I have David to say, saying. I didn't realize that Whirlpool had been. Well, they, had been the hit Whirlpool that hard. call. I had Whirlpool on, and look, they were all, you know. turn you know we've company, had them but, on many times. Yeah, but this is um,
2: it, it, horrendous. It's a horrendous conference call. Well, um, give us an example of what horrendous is, instead of just telling us. We do expect cost inflation to persist throughout the first half of twenty twenty three.
3: Oh well, I just got to just get in there now so I can get ahead of get ahead of uh, of August of twenty twenty three. This is the time. I mean, honestly, I, the, the the consumer demand is clearly affecting a recessionary environment. I mean, I read this and I said. Well, why did I buy that new right, Whirlpool that does a With
2: American Express, where apparently exactly. people Growth. are happy to go out and spend.
3: Growth. They're not going to spend. They spend on not goods. Don't it's, you get it? It's on experience. They're, they're traveling. The, right. He doesn't get it. They're I not think buying does, goods. I do think it. No, gets he doesn't get
2: it. it. No, I get it. I'm going to I'm do a TikTok for I you. Get I get it. I get it. By the way, I also get the fact that I don't think you like Snap very much. I picked up on that.
3: Well, in 1998, I said that. No, I mean, the problem with Snap is. is oh, we've heard it. We've heard <laughs> it. Okay. Yeah, we have. The Whirlpool problem is it's people have, they double order. People have what they want. There's a recessionary environment. Yep. The costs are up, which is really mad amazing. Because most people's costs are down. And you take a proctor. Their costs are about to go from uh, headwind to tailwind. Same thing with PepsiCo, because they ordered uh, goods in the beginning of the year, and now if they reorder, but I think that we're going to hear from James Quincy a number that says why did not buy Coca-Cola?
1: Yeah, we will talk to talk a bit more about some of the uh, loosening supply chains, especially in ocean freight. Take a look at uh, some of the the latest developments as well regarding Elon Musk and Twitter. Uh, Take a look at the pre-market here. We'll get to what yields are doing today and the dollar on this expiration's uh, Friday. Back in a moment.
0: The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.
4: Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help.
1: Twitter shares down in the pre-market. According to Bloomberg, the White House officials are discussing whether the U.S. should subject some of Musk's ventures to national security reviews, including the deal for Twitter and Starlink. Uh, meantime, the uh, Washington Post says Musk told prospective investors he would cut nearly two-thirds, three-quarters of uh, staff if he takes control of the company. Twitter has reportedly told its employees that no layoffs are planned. You got those cross-currents, David. You got the obvious effects out of the snap print last night. Yeah,
2: I mean, that's really, you know, a a sideshow in terms of what's going to happen, because uh, next Friday, uh, Musk is buying it for $54.20. Now, this National Security Review, which, by the way, the White House has since said uh, that it is unaware of. We do not know of any such discussions. And that helped a bit in terms of the decline in the stock. But you're still seeing it there. That is more or less solely because of this story from Bloomberg. uh, Well-regarded reporters behind it. And so the question becomes... Well, who told them this and why did they think it was worth writing? Um, We don't know. We don't know. Uh, I will tell you, at least in in speaking to people close to Twitter, they are unaware of any inquiries so far from the U.S. government at all about national security concerns here. Um, That said, where would or how would they take place? Well, perhaps CFIUS, remember the Committee for Foreign Investment uh, in the U.S., which reviews deals for their national security uh, profile if they feel like there's something that is concerning to them. Uh, If you were to see a formal letter from CFIUS to Musk and Twitter, they would hold up the deal until that inquiry took place. That has not happened, Uh, but that is the concern right now. uh, That in fact the next week, given what we saw in this Bloomberg story, that somehow they would decide that that is something they wanted to take a look at. His his tweets about Putin, or the fact that he's providing Starlink for free to the Ukrainian, uh, to to Ukraine, and has said, "Hey, I'm providing it for free," and I'll get just keep you, you know, it's very much unclear exactly what uh, has risen to a level that would really concern the government in a at least a real way. Um, Section four of the equity commitment letter, by the way, states that Musk cannot bring in investors that would result in consent or additional, uh, additional approval under an- any antitrust or foreign investment laws. So if they were to say, hey, we have some issues with your investors, you just have to get rid of them under the merger agreement and replace them, either with his own equity or somebody else. Talked yesterday about a lot of the equity that at least is being attempted to be raised. Even more on that. This guy, Gavin Baker, at a hedge fund up in Boston, had a big presentation yesterday pointing out, by the way, that about 7% of the users are responsible for 80% of the cash flow. That may go to why some of these uh, stories about significant layoffs may be true in some some fashion, although I have not heard that 75% number. But, I mean, you guys know this. Anything at this point will scare people off because it's Twitter, it's Musk. Uh, This would be, Jim, outside the realm of what we would deem, many would deem acceptable, almost has rings of what we would have seen under the previous administration, doing something that would be uh, to the benefit of the president, perhaps, um, by taking advantage of uh, and, 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 and trying to penalize their political opponents. I, mean
3: Jeez, I've got the, I have the exact same story in my reporting, and I know we speak to different people, but that's exactly the story I got. And people who are selling stock, it's motivated by other people. And they're going to miss the fact that the the deal will close. And uh, I mean, I don't know about the layoffs because the layoffs haven't been targeted. But I have exactly the same story you did, which is that this is, while it's certainly, I'm not going to say a story is a mistake. I am saying that that this is not going to hold up. The
2: it seems unlikely, but it doesn't take much to concern people who are betting on a close next Friday. Of course. of course, as we discussed yesterday, and as these I you know quoted some of these emails that have gone out in terms of looking for f- uh, further equity uh, checks. This deal is expected. Everything I've heard indicates that it is expected to close next Friday. But this was unexpected. That you would even see a story like this. Right. How to actually gauge its impact. Carl, is very much unclear right now. Yeah.
1: And Musk himself is responding to uh, tweets about the report. The notion that somehow he wants the government to save him from a deal that some argue he doesn't really want is not lost on him, at no. least that thesis. No. He but, loves irony. But the he idea loves, that he, he actually
2: irony. is such a playing chess at such a high level that he actually did this purposefully to try to bring about a national security review that could result That's in the deal not happening. 5D chess. Ooh. Yep. That's hard to yeah. imagine, uh, and again, uh, people close to Twitter uh, indicate to me there's nothing they've seen from the government in terms of any inquiry yeah, no. thus far, but, yeah. Um, yeah, listen, well, I, you know, it's Twitter, it's just like, it's Chinatown, Jake, I mean, I don't know.
1: Meanwhile, yeah. uh, Webb Bush today says he's probably got to sell another 5 to 10 of Tesla uh, in order to pay for this deal, which they think fair value on Twitter is more like 30 that
2: yeah 30 or below given the snap numbers today you could imagine if twitter was not in possession of a fifty-four twenty deal that is going to close next friday it would be a lot lower i have not that number is very large and that's not taking into account some of this other equity that's being raised on the side so we'll see what he really needs to sell yeah i mean
3: look there's no doubt about it he says in the call that he overpaid, uh, but if he makes it, look, I said last time on the show, if he makes it, there's a vision for, for this thing that can make it worth much more than it's worth and it's not shared by the current people. Are.
1: We'll get Kramer's Matt Dash countdown to the opening bell on a pretty eventful Friday. Don't go anywhere.
0: Every day.
1: Take a look at yields today, 10-year above 4.3. B of A has quite a bit today on how private clients are making a, what they say, massive move into T-bills, CDs, as you got the two-year yield now, almost 300 basis points above the S&P dividend yield. Opening bell in a few moments. And don't forget, you can always catch us anytime, anywhere. Just follow and listen to the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast.
2: All right. let's get to a uh, mad dash with jim a minute and a half before we get uh, started with trading we've been focused on the transports lately perhaps for for good reason
3: well yesterday union pacific reported quite frankly it was disappointing uh what i like to do when i when i look at the rails look by cargo by carbon i mean there's cargo by cargo in all the presentations and csx yesterday reported a really magnificent quarter with some terrific growth chemicals nine but ag and food plus 25 automotive plus 31. And, David, most interesting, coal up 36, and that's export. Wow. Export coal. Coal's back in a big way because there are short-sighted countries that got rid of other ways to do it, and China wants coal. It is really rather amazing how much better CSX is right now than Union Pacific. And I, I've always been a Union Pacific fan. And, and is
2: that world. a result of their mix? Is that what
3: you're saying? Yes, the mix. The mix is really good. Uh, I don't want to put more to it than that. They happen to have... uh, We're getting real great... We're getting uh, what I call actual, uh, let's say, surprises in some lines because there are such problems overseas, and CSX is uniquely able to help our overseas partners. You know, Carl... When you talk with, with people who are of some means, the first thing they talk to, talk about is Europe, is Ukraine. And it's either, let's fight for a tie and get the stock market up, or let's beat the Russians. And that's the dichotomy that is really riveting the head fund managers around the world.
1: Interesting way, way in which uh, maybe a change in control of the House could alter that conversation as well.
3: Do you think a November 2nd, 75 basis point is good for the election.
1: (laughs) There's the opening bell and the CNBC real-time exchange of the big board today. Triple flag precious metals ringing the bell recognizing a recent listing at the Nasdaq lithium-ion battery supplier Dragonfly Energy Holdings celebrating the closing of its business combination and commencement of trading. Jim, we didn't mention this piece by uh, The Journal's Nick Timmeros a few moments ago, but the the crux of it is that 75 is in the cake but that that some Fed officials want to have a conversation of how to telegraph 50 for December without sparking a major rally.
3: I think that that's very right on. I do think that we do want to see, I, look, the Fed, is the Fed per se political? In this country, everything's political. And if you raise rates and the House and the Senate change, I think you're going to start saying, maybe we are too, you know, we're, we don't mean to royal the American economy. Uh, but I think it's very important to start focusing, I'm not political, but focusing on what the Fed's doing versus a change in the
1: House and Senate. Uh, well, look at how... The, the Bank of England and exactly and the MPs in the UK yeah, went, I, literally went toe to toe on whose yeah, fault this. Yeah, David,
3: we don't talk about it much, but it's very possible and the American people are not crazy about rate hikes. Now they want the four hundred forty five. They're not crazy about inflation either. They're like TikTok. They're <laughs> like TikTok. No, I mean well I'm just saying that if the if they raise rates November second and the Democrats lose the House and the Senate, I think that they're, the the Fed may say, you know what? We gotta. We're, we're a little too important, a la UK. Okay, UK. Okay. Meaning what? No, I'm just saying that maybe 50 basis points is better. Maybe you gotta. Oh, okay. Maybe you gotta stop running the country. Right. I mean, does j run the country right now? Does j have the ability to be able to make it so Pelosi goes and beats the what the ambassador of Italy? The answer is yes. The answer is yes.
2: You think so? Yes. Well, in, in our world, he's certainly got a lot of influence. I,
3: I think UK gave you a template that I think if you're the Fed, you say, geez, you know, we're about to elect, we're about to have the Senate and the House change hands because of things that we're doing. And I, I don't think that's after what happened in the UK. I, I no longer think that that's
1: chimerical. I think it's possible. Uh, we mentioned this B of A note this morning, basically looking at clients moving into short Term T-bills and, uh, but also Jim, what they call a disorderly drop in commercial bank deposits, uh, coming off the heels of those bank earnings we wow.
3: got. I mean that, that was not the read of the quarters, but yeah, it could be. You know, the two years, uh, at four point six is is really a tremendous buy. You, as well, I say, as you, as although
2: I'm, you've been saying it was a tremendous buy at four, three nine. Well, David, it's a two-year piece way. of
3: paper. I'm not like taking a bath.
2: No, you're not taking a bath because you're going to hold it to maturity. Right, right. Why not? Four six. And you can borrow against I it. I mean, that's that's stunning. I bought some during the break.
3: <laughs> kind of like uh, scotch. You bought. I had some unusual activity. I bought. You bought some.
2: Two, some two-year paper during the break.
3: Yes, I bought some two-year paper during the break.
1: Usually, yes. David and I just check Twitter, but uh, you're actually in there.
3: Well, yeah. i got to borrow against the treasuries to get the new property that my wife bought.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, guys, uh, worth taking a look at a sector we don't talk about that often, hospitals, uh, because we, we got earnings from both Tenant Healthcare. So you want to stay out of the hospital. And HCA, yes. Uh, that is my intention, to always stay out of the hospital if possible. Um, both reported their results. Let's start with Tenet because it's just ugly. Uh, well, you see it right there. I mean, losing more than a quarter of its market value. Oh, my God. Another split with no stock? Um, EBITDA, adjusted EBITDA, $333 million. Listen, it was below, just put it below, the analyst estimates on virtually every metric. What did they see? Well, listen, they had some difficult comps year over year because of COVID, COVID patients coming in a year ago. Uh, and thankfully, not nearly as many now. Um, admission declines of 5.3%. Um, elevated contract and premium labor pay rates. Outpatient visits down 6.9% year over year. Hospital surgeries declining 3.6% year over year. And COVID cases, a percentage of total admissions, uh, roughly 6%. That compared to 3% from a year ago. So that's interesting. So um, they did raise their... Adjusted EBITDA guidance still, but nobody seems to care. Uh, HCA, you saw it, down about 10%. Um, revenues there $14.971 billion. haven't had a chance to look through it quite as closely as I had tenant. Uh, but same facility admissions were down 1.5%, while same facility equivalent admissions increased 2.3% compared to the prior year. Both are getting crushed.
3: Wow. HCA is a better operator than Tenant. I don't know if that'll
2: matter. HCA is also a far larger company market right. cap wise. We're talking about a $56 billion market value there. Tenant obviously far smaller. But uh, oh. admissions go in the way perhaps the market had not anticipated. Nobody saw that coming. Are, we, are you covering Verizon today? You know, if you've got something you want to share on Verizon, feel free. Well, I, I just feel once again that they're
3: blaming competitive issues. Uh, I, I don't know why uh, they added very, very few. I don't know if you saw eight thousand. Uh, yeah, yeah, eight thousand. We're looking for thirty-eight thousand. Um,
2: Ten-year low on the stock, and a lot of people are questioning Haas's. Uh, Listen, I tenure. Uh, I did a what I would call a you know a, a tougher interview with him a few weeks back at Communicopia. I know he was on this morning with our colleagues on Squawk Box as well. Uh, we've been talking for quite some time about some of the pressures on Verizon. Um, always relying on what it called the best network but is that really the case any longer given the advent of 5g certainly in the 4g world that was the case and can they still be the premium provider or or not AT&T's numbers yesterday were in contrast and in fact we're still seeing AT&T shares gaining this morning there was good i mean they did um, have visibility Up they another talked two and a half percent Increased to be visible out Look, that after was a very strong number that yesterday was, that was from good. AT&T insurance of sub ads still to hear from of course the industry leader uh, and as I point out, market cap leader as well, uh, T-Mobile. Um, we will hear from that company next week. Yeah, we'll did, see you uh, uh, how it, it did. Uh, but Verizon's number, subscriber additions were disappointing. I think that at picked up Verizon. You know, normally I would say it's T-Mobile. I think at and got It may have been. Yeah, It may have been. Um, We've talked about the level of, uh, you know, how competitive this market is. You've got the cable companies as well, our parent company Comcast. Certainly anybody who watches football, at least in this part of the world, sees the endless ads from Spectrum, that's the charter, uh, in terms of wireless, and that's real. That's real competitive pressure. And, of course, we've talked about at the same time how fixed wireless from the likes of T-Mobile and perhaps Verizon at some point will pressure and is pressuring. Uh, Comcast and Charter, in terms of their broadband business. And there's Al Michaels last night with Kirk Herbstreet on Amazon. And, I watched uh, some of uh, that easy game. Easy as can be. You put on your Amazon Prime, you're watching.
1: Shaheen, you
0: man. Wow.
2: Yeah, I know.
1: Some of those connections were beautiful.
2: Yeah. You can't flip, though, when you're on Amazon. Like, you're stuck there watching the ads. Instead of when you're just watching flip. on cable, and then you can just flip. That's called really good for Amazon.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's <that's exactly. laughs> really.
2: Again, I would come back to uh, they don't it's not a Nielsen number. It's anybody who even just clicked on the on the game gets counted. Uh, And oftentimes today you'll have people go to the Amazon, go to Prime and click on it and then be like, oh, I don't want to watch that. It's not live. But that will count.
3: All right. Right. But Um, can I also just say that they did have real announcers. It didn't change. I mean, the announcers are very good. The the best. The the presentation. Yes. The presentation is awesome. And uh, I find myself, wherever I am, sneaking a, you know, sneak sneak a, look, a look at Kyler huh? Murray. You know, yeah. sneak, a, sneak a look at uh, Rondell Moore, who I was playing against. Remember, I think people don't understand fantasy in this country. The fourth quarter matters, even in the most irrelevant games. Uh, and there I am watching the fourth
2: quarter see whether Kyler Murray scores. Um, yeah. Uh, guys, I, I, I uh, wanted to get to uh, to Chuck Robbins and Cisco, because I, yesterday I had a chance to spend a little time with him facility not far from here in Midtown, uh, closer to Madison Square Garden, Penn Station area, where they have sort of created the workplace of the future fully connected. We talked about that. We'll share some of the uh, what we found there, but also used as an opportunity. They're in a quiet period right now at Cisco, so didn't get a lot from Robbins. We will speak to him most likely when they do report on so words, You went to Chuck some Robbins,
3: month. someone I, I, oh, I talk to. All the time, yeah. My, yeah. my, my source,
2: and, and how was that? It was good. I mean, I wanted to see what they're talking about in terms of the hybrid Uh, work and what and what they view as the workplace of the future so to speak and how they're going to take advantage of that but I did also have to ask him uh, at least about what they're seeing and what he thinks is going on in China right now especially given the heightened tensions, continued heightened tensions between uh, the US and China.
5: If you look at our performance last fiscal year we had the second highest revenue year in the history of the company. We had record income, record EPS so I mean, the results were, were solid. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, what we're getting from our teams appears to be, you know, I was worried about innovation. How, does, how do engineering teams build products during a pandemic? And yeah. the teams actually did a really nice job. They did a great job. I think by letting the teams decide, then they know they're actually solving for their own productivity. And I know that sounds a little counterintuitive, but they say, hey, we could be better together if we're in the office two or three days a week together. Even if it's 80% of the team and one person joins remotely. um, uh, So I think you're gonna get it from that perspective, but uh, I'm not overly concerned about it. You're not. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, well,
2: let's talk about something you may be overly concerned about. You're in the midst of uh, a quiet period here, so there's not much we can talk in terms of sort of specifics, but China, which is obviously important for you. You've joined us many times talking about it, in part because of the COVID lockdowns and what they've meant Mm -hmm. for your ability to get supply for various things but I'm curious to get your overall view as well as tensions just continue to rise year after year, month after month, between our country and China, the latest being, of course, this real crackdown on their ability to get a hold of advanced chips. From your perspective, you know, how do you look at that and think about what it means for your business?
5: Well, I think that, um, look, in a perfect world, these two superpowers would find a way to, to, to find some level of ability to coexist uh, and I, I still hold out hope that we could figure that out uh, without having to get to the level of the things that are happening on both sides. But I mean, China is incredibly important to the global economy today. They, it is, I mean, from from a consumption perspective, from a production perspective, and then as a part of critical supply chains around the world. So I think you know our objective is to continue to maintain a solid relationship with China. Does uh, that get more and more difficult? Well, I think I think it all depends on how you how you react and how we we operate there. We've been there a very long time. We've had great relationships. It's not a huge end market for us, but but it is a critical part of our supply chain, and so it's important for us to have those relationships and maintain those relationships. For that reason, if nothing else, but we also have we had good business performance over there this last 12 months. So the tensions certainly create uncertainty, but uh, I think we can navigate it
2: things they can navigate it, Jim. And again, they're, they're in a quiet period, so not going to get right. too much there in terms of a read on the quarter, which is ending very soon for them.
3: You no, know, I mean, I think that when you go back and look at the orders, uh, the orders are extraordinary. And the analysts paid very little attention to the orders. And yet that's the best way to be able to analyze the company. That was a good interview.
4: Thanks.
2: Yeah. I had... and again, and you know, you heard us talk obviously about uh, hybrid work. Yeah. It's interesting because Cisco had eighteen percent of its workforce already fully remote prior to the pandemic, right. but they also are creating these workspaces fully connected workspaces. Atlanta, we'll show them Disney, to you Atlanta, that they're trying to, right, that are powered by all of their equipment that they believe can be a growth area for them in terms of selling it to so many other companies that are trying to encourage people to come back to the office. Chuck, I think you spent more time thinking about it than
3: anyone. You spent a lot of time obviously in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I had dinner with him the night before you talked
2: to him. Oh, no, I'm aware. I'm aware. I had. I would never uh, never. Uh, I had the pretend I had the that Dur- I had a closer relationship with him uh, than you did. I had the Dover Soul. He had the steak. He He told me that you had the dope He does
3: portion control. He had half the steak. I watched it, and then I had the coconut cake, but I only had a couple of bites. So there you go. That's
1: interesting. As you guys have been talking, uh, the German chancellor is going to go to China uh, for a visit next month. Mm -hmm. That's just breaking. That's possible. Also, DOD confirming that uh, the defense secretary uh, spoke with the Russian defense minister for the first time since May via telephone. So really? A couple interesting new tidbits oh, on, man. on
3: geopolitics. Uh, it, look, I, I think that, again, the big issue is that there are a lot of people who think that this can be solved without uh, Russia losing or Ukraine losing. Obviously, that would be incredibly bullish, even if you think that in your heart that it's not right. It'd be incredibly bullish.
1: Keep an eye on that. Dow has gone green. Uh, s and still trying to get back to the flat line. Let's get uh, to Bob Asani. Morning, Bob.
6: Good morning, guys. Uh, Well, we had a double whammy uh, this morning, really. We're getting hit with multi-year high in Treasury yields. That's a problem. And we have earnings not really cooperating. Now, remember, generally, earnings have been better than feared. I've been quite optimistic about it. But today was not particularly helpful, and last night, frankly. So let's take a look at the sectors. Uh, We had a small rally going in uh, about 9 o'clock. There was a Nick Timmeros article out talking about the Fed a little bit. That helped. But you see metals and mining, which is a classic risk on, flattish this morning, uh, down a little bit, Arc Innovation down a little bit. So let's just call this a very mixed picture. It was much weaker about an hour ago. Uh, If you look at the earnings, that's the real problem here. Amex and Verizon are both weighing uh, on the Dow. uh, But you see Amex is a big problem. In fact, the the Dow would be practically flat if it wasn't for American Express. And Whirlpool uh, had very disappointing comments. I'll show you that um, right now here. So the 2022 guidance was lowered rather significantly. We're around the $19 range. Uh, And it was prior 22 to 24. They're reducing their production volumes by 35%. Uh, And so this is a sort of way of saying we're expecting some kind of slowdown. American Express, now I've been a cardholder for years and years and years. And uh, the top line numbers look very encouraging. Spending is terrific here. If you look at consumers up 22%, commercials up 20%, new card growth, 3.3 million. All that looks really heavy. Uh, Excellent. Uh, But people are focusing on that one provision, 778 million. That's roughly 200 million more than anticipated. So again, everybody's saying, aha, you see, we're anticipating, Amex is anticipating a slowdown because that means they're expecting more uh, charge-offs down the road and slower charge consumer spending. Um, none of this has actually happened yet, but people are projecting here. And this is a good example of focusing on one number. You think Europe uh, and luxury would be doing pretty well around the world. We heard from Pernod Ricard, and they were their numbers were just outstanding overall. This is the second biggest spirits maker in the world after Diageo. Their numbers were generally very good. Uh, but the other luxury makers weren't that great. So we had caring come out here. Uh, they talked about uh, um, solid sales. But the Gucci business was a little weaker than expected. Uh, we saw L'Oreal, uh, L'Oreal's luxury business missed as the company uh, noted lockdowns uh, in China. Uh, we had Adidas, uh, Adidas with a bit of a warning. You'd think that th- that would hold up, but if you if you really look through it, the concerns about the Russian invasion are weighing on Europe luxury. We've had slowdowns in China, and a lot of luxury goods are sold in China. So Europe's uh, waking up this morning uh, with a uh, real weakness in the luxury. So I guess if you look at the S&P 500, what we're trying to figure out here, what the bulls are trying to figure out is some kind of path to victory, uh, maybe some kind of pause in rate hikes, maybe there'll be a limited recession. Uh, but a lot has to go right for this to all sort of gel together. Right now, I think it's a, a victory that Earnings are on the flattish side for the quarter. We're still up 3% for the third quarter, Carl, uh, and 4 or 5% for the fourth quarter. Remember, the bears are anticipating that earnings go negative by up to 20%. We are a long way from that happening right now. Carl, back
0: to you.
1: All right. I appreciate that. Uh, Bob Bassani. Got a nice little leg up here as the uh, session begins. Dow's up almost 200. S&P up a very quick 20 points. Don't forget, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Just sign up and find out more at CNBC.com slash join the club or you can always use the QR code on the screen and it takes you right there just about every sector is green uh, very quickly 10 year 427 as you can see on your screen as we uh, pretty much just got one bit of fed speak for the morning under our belts we're back in a moment take a look at some of the winners for the week today a lot of them related to a positive tone that came out of earnings, namely Netflix. Uh, Lamb Research, of course, is in there as well, ISRG. Uh, farther down the list, you got at and and UAL as well. We'll get to stop trading with Jim after a short break. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. In mid all the middle of the gloom and doom, SlumberJay reports, the, one of the best
3: quarters I've seen in ages. They told you to stick with them. They were absolutely justified in doing so. This stock goes much higher. They have double-digit growth. They're doing incredible uh, worldwide. And they are a great measure of uh, the amount of drilling should be done over the world.
1: You know, what's gotten a lot of attention uh, last 24 hours is what refining margins have done as we go into the winter. And some of the distillate inventories, diesel, for example, it's pretty crazy.
3: I want to be in certain businesses. Uh, Valero, you know, I had Bolero on this night. <laughs> I prefer Bolero to Bolero, <laughs> even though I think Bolero is a pretty good company. Uh, Look, I think that the read through for Schlumberger is unbelievable for the drilling and service companies. And uh, I'm really pleased. Schlumberger, I applied to work at Schlumberger. Huh. Yeah, I did. I did Just so. before
1: or after Goldman?
3: Uh, no, before Goldman. Yeah. And they looked at my resume, and they said, you're obviously in in the wrong room, and we don't want anything to do with you.
2: Were <laughs> you going to be out there on the rigs? What, what was the plan? You've I, been out there before. I was going to be a, an engineer, I thought.
1: Oh, teach nice. me how to be an engineer. Nice. I put that law degree to work. It's, yeah, it's not <laughs> too
3: late. I, I thought they were late. the greatest guys. I went in and I said, you guys are the greatest guys. And said, well, no, but you see, we're trying to hire people who might know something. <laughs> About engineering. I said, oh, geez, I thought you could go in here and learn something. He said, no, no, we're going for people who are actually good and competing, like going to Halliburton and Baker I said, all right, I'll go to another place.
1: <laughs> what are you going to do tonight?
3: Uh, there are two stocks that are down really badly, the be should- and I'm going to explain why they shouldn't be down. And I think that people should listen because they may be selling these very stocks that shouldn't be down.
1: That's a good tease. Mm. And, what uh, a show. Rest up for next week. Guys, nah. do you think this one's busy? No, no, I'm going to Chicago. I really, that's yeah, right. I'm go going to Chicago.
3: to Chicago. I like
2: Chicago. I've been to it Going to Chicago?
3: Yeah, I'm going to recreate the future. Remember that movie with the Green River and stuff?
2: Yeah. Yes, on St. Yeah. Patrick's Day, yeah. yes. I don't care. You uh, you don't like snaps, though? What what makes you think that? I don't know, just thought maybe just in, that, sec- in the last forty five minutes things a might new have changed snap- for you. No,
3: on oh, just a second. There's just a new thing. Sure. That we, there's a new thing. I don't care about the snap. Just did. Um, oh look at this. Uh, they're doing something about evil uh, girl power. Girl power. The girl who lives in a basketball. And it's right next to a very important ESPN Plus ad that I'm sure Disney is really reaping the benefits of as they figure out how to digest the fox acquisition. Yeah,
1: pretty amazing now, just about 7.50 on snap today. We'll see you tonight, Jim. Yeah. Mad money. 6 PM yeah. Eastern. Yeah, I bought Time.
3: celebrity wedding dress for cheap. There you go.
1: When we come back, a more reaction to those shares tumbling in a moment. You've been listening to The Opening Bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
4: What's on the horizon for financial markets?